Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I've been a middle and high school teacher as well as a teacher of future and current teachers. And I gotta tell you, I love a good story. And I love to explore ways to help students live out great stories and for educators to thrive in their own. And that's what we talk about on this podcast. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? All right, so this one is not dropping on Monday like usually the podcasts do because I've been a little busy lately. Uh, it looks like this, this pandemic is beginning to wane a bit. Knock on wood. I'm going to knock on some wood down here in my basement because I don't want it to come back as I'm sure you don't either. And that's for a number of reasons. There's the obvious reasons, like we're sick of the, the terror and, and, and the, the devastation and the sadness and, and, and all of that that has come with this pandemic. But we're also sick of the disruption. I mean, have you been feeling some of the energy lately as we've been able to start becoming one again and starting to have more community and getting together in groups and spending time together? And, and, and if you are a classroom teacher, to be with your students in its fullness without them necessarily behind masks or separated or sitting at a distance or not collaborating or whatever it is, there's been so many things that have gotten in the way of us getting to fully teach and be there with students. And some of those things still exist, but I think we're starting to see a waning in it. And, and again, I'm knocking on wood about that, but I, I don't know, as, as a parent of two children, just to watch them get to engage in groups and work with other kids again and, and getting to see their teacher and, and getting to just fully embrace what school can be has been such a joy for them. And also for me, getting to actually be with my own students or being with other teachers again has been such a joy for me lately. I was actually in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina last week, and I got to be with teachers at Conway High School. If any of you are listening, hello, my new friends in Conway High School. But I was down with them, and it was just one of the greatest days I've had in a number of years because I was just sharing space and we were telling stories and getting to connect and, and getting to hear about how challenging being an educator in the last two years have been for them, but then also getting to troubleshoot and dream of different ways to thrive again in the classroom. And it was so, so good. Um, and one of the people that I got to chat with and spend some real quality time with at Conway uh, was this teacher and coach named Coach Thompson. And uh, Coach Thompson has been an active high school teacher for 42 years. He's been in the classroom for 42 years. He didn't reveal how old he was exactly, but he told me, uh, well, I'll just tell you this. He's been teaching high school students longer than I've been alive. And so when he revealed this, I just had to pause my workshop, pause all of our conversation and just sit there in honor of this guy. He has been teaching before computers were in schools, obviously before cell phones and, and all of these digital technologies that are just present and that we take advantage of and, and or take for granted. He's been there before all of that. The things that he's seen in his four decades of teaching just kind of took my breath away a little bit. Like what, 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 a, what a thing it is to share space with somebody like that. 
or my friend Sherry Steelman. Sherry, if you're listening, hi. Uh, Sherry is in her 50th year in the classroom right now. I actually student taught with Sherry, um, uh, and, and I learned so, so much from her very, very early on in my teaching career. And now here we are, and she's in her 50th year in the classroom. And I just emailed Sherry the other day and I said, hey, uh, would it be okay if I came in and worked with your students or could I come um, and take a load off you for the day so you can go get some stuff done? I'd love to come and just teach your class. And uh, she's like, that would be great because I'm actually testing out this new discussion technique and this critical feedback technique with some of my classes. And I would love to be able to pull them out um, in small groups and test this thing out. And maybe you could teach the rest of my class while I do that. And I'm like, Sherry, go grade papers that day or go plan or go take a nap, go do something else. And she's like, no, I want to go and test out this new thing. And it like, it shocked me. I was like, wait a minute, you are in your 50th year in the classroom. You have been doing this for half of a century and you are still learning new things. You're still trying new things. You are still opening yourself up to failure, to, to something not going right, to this new critical feedback technique you want to try to get completely failing and flapping on its face. You are being given the opportunity to just take the day off and instead you're like, no, I want to try something new. And I don't know, there's something about that kind of that, that, that posture towards your work that Sherry has and Coach Thompson has and so many other veteran seasoned educators that I get to encounter that they have that's just contagious. For someone like me who is not even halfway done with my career yet, to be able to see that kind of energy, that, that kind of enthusiasm for the work, this, this bent towards innovation and growth, it makes me want to be more and more like that. And, and, I, and that's just like, I don't have any answers to that because I think uh, that's something you have to learn over lots and lots of time and experience. Um, but that wisdom is something that I want to have myself, not just as a teacher, but in general. How do we have this mindset, this posture towards life that I am always open to learning new things? I am open to adapting and shifting with the times, but holding true to the truths that, that, that I know work with students, that I know work uh, as a professional, as a human being, whatever it is. There's things that we learn over time that we can just continue to grow on and build off of. And, and that's what I've just really been reflecting on more than anything lately, is that there are people among us, maybe you're one of them, who've been doing this a while that have learned something about what it means to be a true teacher, an educator, a human that, that, that is invaluable information, that has invaluable wisdom. And if you're on the younger side of teaching, or really if you're on any side of teaching, I mean, look at, look at Sherry. I think we have to be willing to learn and grow from these people. I think we have to have a humility that says, man, there's a lot of things I'm learning that I feel like I've got figured out, but there is a lot left to learn, a lot of areas that I can continue to grow. And it turns out there's people among my, my space and my community and my school and my area who have something to add, who have something to teach me. And I think we've got to be open to that, that we've got to be willing to grow and learn from these people who have so much to share. You know, I remember when I was a student teacher and it was my very first time getting to actually lead the class. I remember for the first couple of weeks, I just kind of observed 
Sherry Steelman lead her students. And I, and, and she is just an expert at commanding a room and getting students excited and engaged, but then also uh, just getting them in a space where they can learn. So she's really good at classroom management. And so I observed her a lot and I watched her do how she did her things. And finally she was like, all right, Trevor, today I want you to lead the lesson. I'm like, great. I am ready for this. I've been uh, through two years of teacher training in college. I just got done with 13 years of K-12 education. How hard could it possibly be to lead a class? I was made for this. So I was really excited to finally get to take the reins here. And, and so it was my day. And I remember walking into class that day and Sherry said, I want you to just teach the whole lesson. I'm like, all right. So as the students are shuffling into class, they take their seats and they're all sitting down and they're talking to each other. And I go and stand at the front of the room and I say, all right, everybody, let's get going. And none of them listened to me. It, it was like crickets, except I couldn't really hear the crickets because they were just talking and talking and, it, and they just went on. I said, so I, I said, all right, guys, a little bit louder this time. I said, all right, everyone, we are going to get started. And they just kept talking. A couple quit their conversations and looked up at me, but most of them just absolutely ignored everything I was saying. It was almost as if they couldn't hear me, but I know they could hear me because I have a pretty loud voice. So it's almost like they were choosing not to hear me. So, for a third time, I said as loud and as forceful as I could, I said, all right, we are going to get started. I need you to quit talking now. And I put a little bit of growl in my voice. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I was a new teacher, when I was a student teacher, I looked very young for my age. I looked like a student. And so I had to just put a little extra... Uh, heft in my voice to make sure that they were taking me serious. So I barked at them and to little no avail. It, they did not all of a sudden start listening to me. I didn't know what to do. My All of my yelling couldn't get my students on task. And I knew that there was disrespect happening and I didn't know what to do here. And so I turned to Sherry, my mentor teacher, and I just kind of like verbalize, like I, I like silently speak to her. I say, help me. Like, help me out, help me, what do I do here? Because all of the training in college didn't tell me what to do in this situation when your kids wouldn't listen to you. All of those teacher books that I'd read didn't have the perfect solution to getting students' attention when you need it and all of the yelling and pleading doesn't seem to work. I didn't know what to do in this situation. And so Sherry gently stands up from her desk and she walks to the front of the classroom and she turns to the students and she makes this very specific look on her face and she stares out at them and she doesn't say a word. And within five seconds, the kids in the front row notice that she's looking at them and they silence themselves. And then one of them turns around to the kid behind him and he starts going, shut up. And he starts shushing the kid behind him. And then that kid sees Mrs. Steelman looking at him. And he turns to some other students and he starts shushing them. And all of a sudden, the whole room starts shushing each other. And within about 10 seconds, the room was silent. You could hear a pin drop. It was quiet. And then Mrs. Steelman turns to me and I can just picture her face to this day. She says, all right, Mr. Muir, it is all you. And she goes and sits down. And I took over and we did the rest of my very first lesson ever. 
And after class, Mrs. Steelman always had this practice of sitting down with me to unpack how things went in class that day. And I just said to her, I said, how did you do that? Like, what is this sorcery that you possess, you, you, you magical woman? What, what did you, how did you do that? And she told me that sometimes the best way to quiet students down is to just look at them. And, and they will do all of the work for you. Sometimes you might say, I'll wait. But really, it's just making them feel a little uncomfortable for disrespecting you and making sure that they know it by the look that you give them. And I got to tell you, I have been using Mrs. Steelman's silencing technique ever since. I went and uh, guest taught in a kindergarten classroom yesterday, and I did the exact same thing that Mrs. Steelman did with a group full of high school seniors. And I've used that technique over and over with college students. And I got to tell you, I've even used it with teachers where you just kind of stand there and wait for silence and it usually comes. It was this technique that I learned from someone who had used it many, many times before this. This is a technique that Mrs. Steelman didn't just develop. It wasn't something that she just learned about and employed. It's something that she learned through experience from decades and decades in the classroom. And she had the wherewithal to use it that day in front of a brand new teacher and she had the patience to unpack it and teach it to me so that I could use it with my own students. And, and my big takeaway from that, aside from this wonderful classroom management technique, is that I've got a lot to learn. And I learned that early on and I've been learning that ever since. There is a lot that I can learn and one of the best people I can learn it from are teachers who've been doing this before me, those who have been doing this for a long time, those veteran seasoned teachers who have been in the classroom, who have been in schools, who have had countless encounters with students and countless opportunities to fail and iterate and learn from experience. And, and I've got to be willing to learn from them. But also, those, those seasoned veteran teachers also have to be willing to pass it on as well. And so if you are a young teacher... My encouragement for you would, to have your, would be to have your palms open and be ready to learn whatever it is to learn from those around you who have been there already. Go and spend time with teachers who've been there a while. Ask for permission to go and, and observe their classrooms. Ask if you can have lunch with them every now and then. Be straight up and say, hey, would you be willing to mentor me this year? Uh, be willing to learn from those with experience and if you are one of those teachers who've been doing this a while, offer your services to those who are younger than you. Maybe you can invite them to come and watch you teach. Or maybe you could say, hey, can we have lunch together? Or can we go out to, can we, can we go out to dinner sometimes? Can, here's my phone number. Can, I would love to help you along in this journey. And, and what you'll find is that this builds relationships and this benefits everyone. It benefits the younger teacher because they're getting to learn from you. And it benefits the more experienced teacher because not only are they getting to pass down their wisdom and experiences, there's also a lot we can learn from those who are younger than us. But those with fresh perspectives and those who have skills that we might not have. I got to tell you, when I started teaching, it was right before the big advancement in technology. The first school I taught at did not have one-to-one -one laptops, but it wasn't long until students did. And so when, when we had younger teachers in the school who were more technologically savvy and more willing to adapt to new technologies, that was a huge benefit for me. I remember when I started teaching, I thought Google Docs was a joke. I was like, ugh, why would I use Google Docs when I can just use Microsoft Word? 
in a very similar way. I bet there was teachers before me who said, why would I use a Microsoft Word when I can use my trusty typewriter or whatever it is? Maybe I'm going a little further back, but you get the idea. But then I started having younger teachers teach me how to use Google Docs. And I understood how this is an amazing formative assessment tool because of how it can be shared. And this is so easy to use. And this can be so, yeah, there's so many different functionalities to it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this is actually something good. I learned that from younger teachers. And so I think there's a benefit on both ends. But really to sum it all up, teaching is a team sport. Sometimes it can feel very isolated because we spend so much time by ourselves without other professionals around us. We're with students, but we're not necessarily with our peers. And so it can feel very isolating at times. But the reality is the most successful schools, the most successful teachers are ones that are part of communities, that are part of teams where we are learning and growing together. And that is often anchored. There's often a foundation for that growth in teachers who are willing to share what they've learned and ones who are willing to be taught by those who have already learned it. And so if you are a veteran teacher, may you pass down the wisdom and knowledge that can only be gained through experience. And if you are a younger teacher, may you learn from those with experience. So that's all I've got today. Mr. Thompson down at Conway High School in Conway, South Carolina. You are a treasure to your students and all of the people that you work among. And Mrs. Steelman, in your 50th year in the classroom, just know that I am constantly in awe of you. And all the teachers out there, thank you so much for doing what you do and investing in the lives of your students. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's such a joy to get to share with you. Um, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, I would hope that you would pass it on to any other educators who you think would like to be a part of this conversation. Also, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, just so more and more people can find out about the show. Thanks for listening to the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir. Thanks for all you do to make learning more epic for your students. See you next time. <laughs>